<laughs> Hallelujah. So you're not confused. Now, we're going to, before we start, I want us to read the scripture in Jeremiah. Uh, Jeremiah chapter number 3. I want us to read verse 15. Jeremiah chapter number 3, verse 15. Let's quickly go there and read. And then that will be our prayer point before we start. We trust to be on time. Hallelujah. Let's read. One, two, three. No, let's start again. Don't forget to look in your Bible. Just look here. One, two, three. Read. Hallelujah. It's important that we get shepherd that feed us with the knowledge of God. Hallelujah. So we're going to pray that God may send shepherd in the body of Christ that will feed the people with the knowledge of Christ because your growth depends on what to feed on. Hallelujah. I told you if you feed on junk foods, you will think you are growing, but sooner or later it will catch up with you. Hallelujah. I... I I was, I was getting a, a dog and they told me that feed him with this type of food because if you feed him with the other one, he will grow but the joints, when he grows, the joints will be painful. So food is not food. I want you to know that. It's not every food that is food. Hallelujah. So we need to trust God for food. Can we all stand up? And pray for the body of Christ. Hallelujah. That we may have shepherds that feed us with the knowledge of God. Let's pray. Let's pray that prayer. Jeremiah chapter number 3 verse 15. Put it there. Let's pray. Open your mouth and pray. Lord, give us shepherds according to your hearts. Who will feed us with the knowledge and understanding. Father, give us shepherd according to your heart. Give us shepherd in the body of Christ today according to your heart who will, who will feed us, Lord. Who will feed us with knowledge and understanding. We pray, O oh God, tonight uh, that the revelation of your word may come with strength and power that what we are going to say, Lord, may come from you strictly. Holy Spirit, we ask you, we ask you for the body of Christ. We ask you. We ask you that you may send shepherd in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Send a shepherd, Lord. Send a shepherd, Lord. We give you praise and adoration. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Can we give a big hand to our Lord? Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may be seated. And I hope you know that what we pray, we receive. Hallelujah. What we pray, we receive. We're praying that God will send in the body shepherds that will feed us with knowledge and understanding. Hallelujah. Now, yesterday we spoke about how to activate an open heaven. And we spoke about the different kind of doors, the difference between a door in heaven and a window in heaven. Hallelujah. And if you were not here, please do yourself a favor and go back to the YouTube 
and listen to what we said. Hallelujah. Because it's important to understand what we said in order for you to, 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 to follow up today. Otherwise, you will not understand some of the statements that I'm going to make. Hallelujah. Are you blessed? Are you blessed? You know, I'm so proud of you. I, I'm so proud of you to see the house full like that when he's teaching. Because, <laughs> give a hand for yourself. Because usually, there are two things that people don't like to attend. Prayer and teachings. They attend all kinds of meetings, but these two sometimes we struggle. So I'm proud of you that you are hungry and thirsty for the word. Amen. Hallelujah. So we talk about open heaven, and we told you that in the heavens there are doors and there are windows. Amen? Amen. And if we don't understand the functioning of these two dimensions, sometimes you miss on divine appointments. Now, many Bible teachers teaches that, teach that when you are born again, you are already under open heaven. And that is being short-sighted. Hallelujah. Because you, you know something about the word of God that, that a partial truth can be also an error. That you need to see the full counsel of God concerning a subject. You need to rightly divide the word of God in order for you to make a stand. So many times we have a truth and we think it's the truth. And we need to understand that when you are born again, it's a dimension. Hallelujah. When you are born again, what is permanently open over you is a gate of salvation. The door of salvation is permanently open when you are born again. Haven't you seen born again Christians that struggle to have encounters with, with the supernatural? Haven't you realized that some, some Christians struggle even to get one single vision? When you talk about vision, like you are speaking Arabic or something like that. Haven't you also realized that some Christians, they struggle to acquire the provision that is due to them? So, you need to understand that when you are born again, the gates of salvation are permanently open over you. Let's read a scripture in the book of John, chapter number 10, verse 9. Uh, uh, in this teaching, I want to take you to, to the, it is written. Because every statement should be supported by the word of God. Amen. We are not here to speculate. We are here to speak the it is written. So let's read John, chapter number 10, verse 9. He said, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. And he will go in and out and find pastures. Meaning, this gate is never shut. He said, if you enter by me, you are saved. And the gate is permanently open. So you can find pastures. Hallelujah. So when you are born again, the gate of salvation is open. But remember, we showed you yesterday that there are many dimensions of gates that we talked about. Some people are saved, but the door of hope is closed. So in their Christian life, they are in despair all the time. They don't know why they are so discouraged. They don't know why things are not, they are not excited. There are many people that don't see a future anymore. 
They sit in the church, but they don't see a future for themselves. Hallelujah. Now, I, I, I'm just, I'm not preaching yet. I'm just introducing what I'm trying to say. Hallelujah. Now, you need to understand also that the scripture teaches us that in the New Testament, there are times where people, people experienced, experienced an open door or an open window. Now, let's talk about Jesus. Haven't you realized that John the Baptist was not operating under an open heaven? No. In the time of John the Baptist, the heavens were shut. Yes. No wonder he didn't do any miracle. We are boasting to say, you see, John the Baptist didn't do any miracle. The heavens were shut. Oh. Come on now. Somebody say, come on. The heavens were shut. That's why God gave him a sign. God says, the time heavens open, the Messiah is here. So if the heavens were open, it couldn't be a sign because it was already open. But Jesus said to John the Baptist, when you see the heaven open and the Holy Ghost descending on a man, he's the Messiah. So the heavens were closed for the purpose of the Messiah. Oh, I don't know. Check what I'm saying. God can close a door for a sign. So, 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 baptism was not the main function of John. No. We call it, we call him John the Baptist. But baptism was not his main function. His main function was to reveal the Messiah. Baptism was just a tool to identify the Messiah. So baptism was not his calling. Uh, so it is not John the Baptist. It's John the forerunner of a Messiah. Isaiah, listen, Isaiah 40 tells us that there is a voice that will cry in the wilderness that will say repent. You understand? Why? Because the Messiah is at end. So John the Baptist was born for the purpose of being a forerunner of a Messiah. But God gave him a tool that he could use to recognize him. So when John was baptizing people, he has his face on the water, but his face in the sky. So when you come and he dip in the water, he look at the sky, it's closed. He said, go, you are not the Messiah. No, because he said, I myself, I did not know him. But the one that sent me to baptize has told me the one upon which I see the Holy Ghost descending. He is the Messiah. Yes. So John didn't know him. There was a system of recognition in the spirit. Oh, I pray that God may give you a system for yourself of recognizing, of recognizing when your open door or your breakthrough is at, around the corner. That you will not walk blind or deaf in the spirit, but you will be quickened in the spirit to know that this is a system God has given me to recognize the coming of the anointing. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. God gives us, God gives us signs. You see, sometimes I pray for the people. I feel the anointing leaving me. When I feel the anointing leaving me, I say they are healed. Even if I can vomit, do they are healed. Because I know the signs. I know the signs. 
Whoa. Let's read the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter number 3, verse 16. Let's go quickly. We have just an hour. Let's read. One, two, three. When he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water. And behold, the heavens were opened to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and aligning upon him. So when Jesus came out of the water, the heavens opened. But you know that a heaven can open and shut. Yes. 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 Jesus gave us a hint. He says in the book of John chapter number 1 verse 51. Let's read it. John 1 51. It's a lot of scripture, but you have to, we have to be biblical. Yes. We cannot just shout and say nothing. John chapter number 1 verse 51. It says, and I say to you, him, and he said to him, most assuredly, I said to you, hereafter you shall see heaven open and the angel of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. So, this tells me something. Jesus is saying to a disciple that this is your future. You will experience heaven open. But the angels are not coming upon you, they are coming upon me. So it means you can be in a place where the heavens are open for somebody and shut for you. So you can be in the same congregation, sitting next to that person, and the heavens are open over him, but you, the heavens are shut. Do you understand what I'm trying to tell you? Let's go to the scripture. Because if you don't go to scripture, it, it won't sound right. I told you, I don't want to make statements just to make statements. 2 Kings chapter number 6. I want, to read from, I want us to read from verse 15 to 17. 2 Kings 6, 15 to 17. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And when the servant of the man of God arose early, he went out. There was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And the servant said to him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? Verse 16. So he answered, Do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Verse 17. Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. Then the Lord opened the eyes of a young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Not all around the two of them. All around Elisha. So the chariot didn't come for the young man. No. He was there, but heaven didn't notice him. Chariot came and were, they said they were all around you know, sometimes you need to be connected to the right person. Because, <laughs> because, because of his connection, oh, he was protected. Because the, the, the assignment of heaven was not for him, was for Elisha. Now, even your scripture, Isaiah 60. Let's read Isaiah 60 from verse 1 to 2. You like that scripture a lot. 
All the Christians like that scripture. Hallelujah. Let's read it quickly. It says, Arise, shine. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Verse 2. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise over you, and his glory will be seen upon you. So God is saying, listen, listen. You, it's, not, it's not necessary for you to leave a location that is not prospering. Because the darkness is over the earth. But upon you. So it means that the darkness are covering the earth. So you are also on the earth. But upon you, the heavens are open. Hallelujah. I'm trying to get you somewhere. I said I'm trying to get you to a place tonight. For you to understand that, that you can command an open heaven even when things are not right around you. Look at the story of Goshen. The Bible says in the book of Exodus that, that the people of Israel were in the same Egypt. But when the darkness was in Egypt, there was light in Goshen. I'm praying. I'm praying for us. I'm praying for us. That we may be in South Africa, but not of South Africa. Amen. Jesus said you are, you are in the world, but you are not of the world. It means the essence of yourself is not here. The thing that makes you you is not from here. Peter even said you are an alien. Oh. He said you are an alien and pilgrim here on earth. So it means that the reality of here are not your realities. You come from a higher dimension of a spirit. You, you have a lesson. You have broken through this dimension because God has sent you on assignment here. So when you go to work and people think you are the same, say, look at my face. We don't know we are not the same. No, no you are, we, we are not the same. Do I look? No, no, we are not the same. I'm, I'm more than a human being. I'm a new creation in Christ. you are a human being, that's your problem. Because you limit yourself to your dwelling. You are not your house. You stay in your house. Hallelujah. So you are not your body. You are bigger than your body. You are, a, you are spirit living in that body. So, so you can't be a human. You are a spirit. Oh, yes, oh, yes, oh, yes, oh, yes. If people understand that, they'll be able to sustain the fortitude to make this thing work for them. Because it's not working because we don't know how to handle it. I don't know how to handle it. So it's not working. May God make it work today. Now, let's go quickly and finish what we started yesterday. Uh, today, we, we, we're going to talk about the keys... Let's start with the keys to open the windows. Now, what, is, what are the windows? What are windows standing for? W windows stand for 
blessings, provision, all these things is windows. Doors stand for encounters, angelic visitation, hallelujah. Doors stand for those things. So let's go to see how to open the windows. The first thing that will cause you to open your windows is called obedience. Hallelujah. Obedience. Let's read Deuteronomy chapter number 28, verse 1 to 8. And then we read also verse 12. Deuteronomy chapter number 28, verse 1 to 8. Let's go. He said, now it shall come to pass. If you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all his command, which all the commandments which I command you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. Let's go on. And these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. So the blessing will not just come, they will overtake you. He said, because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Blessed shall you be in the city and blessed shall you be in the country. Blessed shall you shall be the fruit of your body, the produce of your ground, and the increase of your herd, the increase of your cattle, and the offspring of your flock. Hallelujah. Blessed shall you, shall your, your basket and your kneading bowl, blessed shall you be when, blessed shall you be when you come in, and blessed shall you be when you go out. No accident. The Lord... <laughs> Hallelujah. I refuse accidents. They call it accident. So we are not product of accidents. The Lord will cause your enemies who arise against you to be defeated before your face. They shall come out against you one way and they shall flee before you seven ways. Verse 8. The Lord will command the blessing on you, on your storehouse, and in all to which you set your hands. And it will bless you in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. Let's go to verse 12. Verse 12, quickly. Jump to verse 12. It says, the Lord will open to you the good treasures, the heavens, to give a rain to your land in its season and to bless all the works of your hand. You shall lend to many nations. You shall not borrow. Now, 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 this is the catch. When we talk about obedience... We are not talking about obedience like in the Old Testament. We are talking about somebody that is yielded to the voice of God. We are talking to some, about somebody that is following the leading of the Holy Ghost. Somebody that can stop when the Lord says stop. Somebody that can go when the Lord says goes. We are talking about somebody that is so, that is so humble, that is able to take even risk when God says so. You see, obedience is never easy. And that's what many people fear. They like Abraham, but they don't know what made Abraham Abraham. Radical obedience. I say radical obedience. Obedience where you are not debating with God. People are, people are funny. They want to debate with God to say, Lord, obedience is obedience. Hallelujah. When you obey God, 
you are activating the windows of blessing. And people don't know why you are so blessed. And you are too blessed to be stressed. He said, whatever your hands touch shall prosper. Oh, who, don't, who doesn't want this kind of life? Some of you, you have missed on some time, but God is merciful. Today, he's realigning you. Simple thing. Simple thing. Like God asks you to wake up and pray. Your sleep is so important. But if a master of heaven has called you and give you an appointment, it means he knows why that time he asked you to be in his face. Because he has something, he knows that a window is being activated. And he wants you to be at the right place at the right time so that you may be able to benefit of a grace. We are not doing that so that God can like us. We are doing it to be participator of his divine nature. Say radical obedience. God assigned you something you can't do it because of laziness. And now you are surprised why your life looks the way it looks. God comes all the time and restores us and brings us back to the place and says, please, do this. And we don't do it. Oh, there's no enough time. Let me move on. So, do you understand obedience? From today, I want you to lift your hand. Say, Lord, give me grace to obey the voice of the Spirit in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Even if I don't feel well, but you ask me to do something, I will do it, Lord, because you will give me the strength. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Somebody asked a man of God, he said, if God were to ask you to do something that is not in your abilities, would you do it? He said, yes. He said, but if you die in the mission, he said, if God give me poison to drink, then he has a cure. You, you, not, you not ask me to do something that he does not have a solution for it. So it might, seem, it might seem big for me, but it's a way for my breakthrough. Second key to open windows, it's called thanksgiving. Somebody say thanksgiving. thanksgiving. Somebody say thanksgiving. thanksgiving. Let's go to the book of Matthew chapter number 14. We're going to read from verse 13 to 21. And if I don't finish, I'll carry on on Sunday. There is no problem. Matthew chapter number 14, verse 13 to 21. Let's go. So, so I want you to understand the first key to open the windows. People are blessed because they understand the key of obedience. Second key, thanksgiving, thanksgiving in Matthew chapter number 14, verse 13 to 21. He said, when Jesus heard it, he departed from there by the boats to a deserted place by himself. But when the multitude heard it, they followed him on foot from the cities. And when Jesus went out and he saw a great multitude, and he was moved with compassion for them and healed, and healed their sick. 15. When it was evening, his disciples came to him saying, this is a deserted, a deserted place, and the hour is already late. Send the multitude away that they may go into the village and buy themselves foods. 
16. But Jesus said to them, they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. My God. And they said to him, we have here only five loaves and two fishes. You, you know how these people despise what they have? No, no, no. They said, hey, we only have five loaves and two fish. And look at what Jesus said, verse 18. He said to them, bring them here. Don't, don't take it away. Keep it like that. Keep it like that. You know, doesn't matter the size of what you have. When you release it into Jesus' hands, it turns into something else. These people didn't know the value of what they had. Now, let's go to verse 18. Let's go to verse 18. But I said, bring them to me. Let's go on now, verse 19. Then he commanded the multitude to sit down on the grass. And he took the five loaves, two fish, and looking into heaven, he blessed and broke and gave the loaf to the disciple, and the disciple gave it to the multitude. So they all ate and were filled, and they took up 12 baskets full of fragments that remains. It's fine there. Now, there is, this is a translation. Another translation says, when he took the bread, he gave thanks. Do you have that in your Bible? He gave thanks. You know the key to open heaven is to give thanks for everything you have. Now, the difference between Jesus and the disciples is that their eyes was on the on what they had, and their eyes were not on God. So they despised it. You see, you see, you can be in trouble. Maybe you need, you need, let's say, a hundred thousand to go out of debt. And somebody come and say, Real, I want, I want to help you. So praise God. He said, I have ten rand to give to you. Now, you will say, better not even help me than to bring me 10 rain. But you don't know that 10 rain is a setup for you to be thankful, for God to activate the windows of heaven. Now, you have despised what you had because your eyes were looking on the big stuff while God is bringing the small stuff to activate the windows of heaven because the big stuff won't come from the hands of somebody. It will come from the windows of heaven. So Jesus took the bread, look into heaven. Oh my God. Look into heaven. Our heavenly Father, hallowed be your name. Yo, Jesus stood and thanked God. And when he thanked God, the miracle took place. Now, can I submit to you that Jesus never prayed for the multiplication of the bread? Never. Never. He was just thankful. And in the process of being thankful, the Father saw the need. Because when he prayed, he still had the five loaves of bread. And he still had the five fish. Come on. You thought basket came on top of each other. No. It didn't happen like that. How would he hold all those baskets with the loaves of bread? How would he hold them? Nothing changed. But something changed. Listen, can I submit to you that sometimes it feels like your situation are not, is not changing. But God has put a dynamic inside of a situation. Fire. So that when you move, you start to see the release of God. Now, Jesus gave them and he said, give it to them. 
Oh, what a faith. The disciples look. The people that were doubting, they looked. And they said, okay, let's come on. Then they start to dish. The more, the more they give, the more it comes. Ah, the more they gave, the more it came. And at the end, they realized that they never ran out of bread. Yes. 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 I was ministering here. And a young boy came and he said, Pastor, I want to bless you. And he gave me five rand. I want to put the five rand in my hands. I thought, what does he want me to do with five rand? <laughs> and, and the Holy Spirit told me, it's the key for provision. Don't look at the five rand. Be thankful. Don't despise any gift. Thank God. <laughs> the problem that some of you are having is that you despise your small beginnings. It has already happened that you miss to be thankful. Are you going to be thankful? Say, Lord, I want to be thankful for everything you do in my life. For everything you do, I want to be thankful. I told you about Leah and Rachel last night. Eh? You remember the Leah and the Rachel story? Eh? Eh? You know how you change your Leah into Rachel, or you change your Laban into David. Don't check what I'm saying. Maybe you don't check what I'm saying. Remember, remember, Nabal was a husband that was a fool. Laban was drinking all the time. And Abigail, the wife, was wise. She decided, I will trade Laban for David. But in your situation, you can change your Laban into David. You know how you do it? By being thankful that at least God gave you a husband. Even if it looks like Laban is still a husband. Ah, you don't check what I'm saying. You don't check what I'm saying. The, the moment you are thankful, the moment you are thankful, you activate something in the heavens. Now, also if you have Leah. You know, Rachel was fair. The Bible says Rachel was a fair woman. And Leah... She has an eye problem. It's like one eye was almost closed. <laughs> Leah, her eyesight was not good. So, so she was despised because she was not much to look at. But Rachel was beautiful. You understand? So the man was working for the beauty. Ah. While God has providing a womb for children. So remember, Leah was the one that was popping the children out while Rachel was barren. So if it was not for Rachel, we wouldn't have 12 tribes in Israel. Ah, you don't check what I'm saying. So whatever you despise, it's a setup for your lifting. And you can be faithful for everything that God has given you. You will be blessed beyond your knowledge. Say, be thankful. Say, be thankful. Hmm. Hmm. Some of you, your children, are rebellious. And all you do is to speak the rebellion upon their lives. 
you never sat down to say, Lord, thank you for at least I have a child. Many women are crying to have a child. Me, I have one. Rebellious or not, you know the destiny of a child. I thank you for his life or her life, for you are a good God. You start that, you will see the turn in the life of that child. Let's move on. Third key. Third key. Praise. I won't say much. Second Chronicles 20, 22. Second Chronicles 20, 22. Take a note. We won't read it. The Bible talks about the praise that when the people start to praise, God calls ambush and the enemies were defeated. You see, you see, praise is an antidote of depression. Because when you start to praise, you cannot praise and doubt at the same time. So when you praise the Lord in the situation, not for the situation, but in the midst of the situation, when you know how to praise God, the heavens will always be open over you. Because the Bible says it dwells in the midst of our praises. Hallelujah. So it doesn't matter what you are going through. Offer the sacrifice of praise, which is the fruit of your lips. There are some praise. When you are praising, your tears are coming, but your lips is praising. It's, listen, listen. It's not, it's not about your tears are coming. It's about what you are saying. When you said, oh God, even if you slay me, yet I will praise you. I know that my Redeemer lives, that my God is awesome. I lift you up in the midst of a situation. Even when I don't like it, I know you know what you are doing. So you are God and you are God alone. You check out of that situation as quick. Hallelujah. I want to give you another key. The fourth key is called prophetic declaration. To activate windows. You need a prophetic declaration. You know there are some situations where you need that, that the mouth of a prophet speaks over you. Yes. There are situations like that in life. And listen, the body of Christ, sometimes we are so, we are so pride, prideful. I don't need anyone. Oh, is that so? Sit there, you don't need anyone. The situation will tell you you need somebody. Don't you know we need each other? And we don't have the same functionality in the kingdom. Hallelujah. So, so, so there are situations where you need a prophetic utterance upon your life. And when the prophetic utterance comes, it opens the windows. And the blessing of God comes upon you. Hallelujah. Look, I was, I was in the process of visas and stuff. And uh, when I go away, I come at the airport. They turn your, your passport upside down back, see if the picture is you, and all this stuff. I was so annoyed. So my father came, my spiritual father came, and I said to him, I, Daddy Robert, I said, Daddy Robert, I want you to say a word over me, because I'm tired of walking around with visa. I want an ID. He looked at me and said, son, this is the last time they will stop you again. From that prophetic declaration, home affairs opened for me. I never bribed anyone. I got all the papers. I have an ID. My wife has an ID. My children are on a line to have IDs. One word. I say one word. Say, I need a prophetic declaration. Yes. 
Yes, 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 yes. Look at what happened in the book of 2 Kings chapter number 7 verse 1. Let's read it quickly. 2 Kings chapter number 7 verse 1. Let's go quickly. 2 Kings chapter number 7 verse 1. He said, then Elijah said, hear the word of the Lord. That says the Lord, tomorrow about this time, a sheaf of fine flour shall be sold for a shekel and two sheaves of barley for a shekel at the gate of Samaria. Now, when Elijah released that word, there was a guy that had the audacity to question the word. He said to Elijah, even if God is to open the windows of heaven, this will not happen. Elijah said, you will see it, but you will not eat of it. So the guy understood that the blessing came from the windows. Because he said to Elijah, even if God is to open the windows of heaven, this will not happen. They, they understood that the problem of Samaria was at the mercy of a prophetic word. They went to Elijah and they said, say something. He said, that says the Lord. Tomorrow. Somebody said tomorrow. tomorrow. Not next year. He said tomorrow. What the audacity of the prophetic. He stood on the wings of prophecy and said, I'm changing the times and season. What should take a year to happen, I'm giving it to you in one day. In 24 hours, the audacity of prophecy. No wonder God placed in the body of Christ prophet, apostle, teachers, evangelists. Because anyone, each one of them has a special grace. And he said, he has placed them. If you want to read it, it's in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. You can read it at home. He said, he has placed them in the body of Christ for the edification of a saint. To build them up. So, so God knows that Jesus is going back to heaven. He gave the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost rests on people. And he said, I'm giving them as a gift to my body so that they may be able to rectify what is wrong in the body of Christ. So you need to understand that there is audacity in prophetic words. Therefore, you need to pay attention. Listen, if you don't receive a prophet as a prophet, you don't receive a prophet reward. Do you know that you can receive a prophet as a brother and you receive a reward of a brother? Yes. Hey, I say, hey. hey, I have seen and experienced it in my life time and times again, time and times again. I was in a town, I don't want to say the name, there was a lady that has broken her legs in many places and she couldn't go to work. She sat home. If a plaster was from here, when I went there, they put the plaster somewhere and it stopped somewhere here. And I was preaching and she heard my voice. She does not know me. She said, if that man can come to my house today, I will be healed. That's what she said. I was on the platform preaching. And when I finished, the organizers of the crusade came to me. They said, would you go to the house? Because I, I said, I don't do that. They said, please, the woman said, if you can come, she'll be healed. I said, I like that. So we went there. We went there. She was sitting there with a leg on something. And I said, where is the estray? When I saw the estray, to be honest with you, my faith shrank. Because the bones were so broken. 
They, they put them together. You can see the nails in the, they, they, they put them together. And I sat on the chair. And, and I said, I want to pray for you. The Holy Spirit said, don't pray. I put the ashtray on the, on, the, on the leg. I'm telling the truth. When I put the ashtray, she screamed, jump, and start to run. Up and down. Up and down. She was healed. And when I came back to Bloomfortel, they phoned me. They said it was over the weekend. The Monday she went back to, job, to work. She was, she's working for a bank, and she took up her job again. The power. Ah. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on. Jesus went to his hometown, and the heavens were shut. Why? Because people didn't believe that Jesus was a Messiah. So the heavens were shut. He said, no man is a prophet in his hometown. Ah. I'm a compendium of many anointing. Because I recognize grace upon the lives of people. And when I recognize grace, oh, I buy into that grace. I sat, I sit under the teaching. I pray in tongues. I say to the Lord, Father, what this man is doing, we need it here. We need it in group. We need it in Africa. Why? Because I recognize the grace upon their lives. But some of you, we don't care. We are our own person. We think we know much. We can't learn from anybody else. Fifty. Oh, would you? Would, are we going to do the last, the other one? Fifty, and I stop there. To open the windows of heaven. This one, many people don't like it, but I'll say it. It's called tithe. I know what is going on in your hand. Old Testament, Old Testament. Yes, 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 yes. I'm a, I'm a product of the two testaments. Uh, I'll show you now. I'll show you. In your own Bible, I'll show you. It's in your own Bible. But you don't see it. Because you have heard so many people tell you it's from the Old Testament that you adopt that, that posture that is from the Old Testament and you miss on what God is doing. Let's start from the Old Testament. Malachi chapter number 3 verse 10. Read it. Hey. Read it, read it, read it. Ah. Hmm. Can you read it for me? One, two, three. I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive. Let me take you back what happened. In the book of Malachi or Malachi, the people were failing to support the Levites. And everybody was doing his own business. And then they came to a place where God shut the heaven and it was not raining anymore. So the farm was dying because they failed to look after the Levites. And God told them, I want you to do this. Bring me the tithe in my house and put me to test in this. The moment you do that, I will open the windows of heaven. Now, the problem with, of tithe, that many of us, we grew under the impression that is just in the Old Testament. Listen, tithe, tithe, you 
You don't pay tithe. You give tithe. It's not tax. I know what Miles Monroe said, but it's not tax. You understand? Now, who was the first to pay tithe? Abraham. Genesis 14. Who did he pay the tithe to? Who is Melchizedek? Jesus. So Abraham put the tithe in the hands of Jesus. So who is the cornerstone of the church? So you understand that you are not paying tithe like in the Old Testament. You are paying tithe in the hands of Jesus. Now, why do you pay tithe in the hands of Jesus? Because you know, there is, there is something about money that you need to understand. That money has an entity called mammon over it. And it's a controller of the heart of those who are submitted to it. So to submit the spirit of mammon, you need to put the money in the hands of Jesus. Ah. And when you put that money in the hands of Jesus, it cancels the assignment of mammon upon your life. Because everybody that is arguing about tithe, it's not really tithe the problem. It's your heart the problem. Because to take a portion and give is too much. They say, I want to give freely. But you don't even give freely. What are you talking about? Oh, this is a breaking point for some people. But I, I need to explain to you. Let's go to, let's go to Hebrews. Hebrews chapter number 7. How powerful this principle is. Let's read Hebrews chapter number 7 from verse 1. Hebrews 7 from verse 1. Oh, my Lord, help me. I haven't done anything yet. I'm still on the windows. I haven't even got to the doors yet. Ah, Lord, help me. For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the Most High, who met Abraham returning from slaughter of a king, blessed him. Let's go. Verse 2. To whom Abraham also gave a tithe, a tenth part of all the... of part of all. First being translated king of righteousness. And then also king of Salem, meaning king of peace, Jesus Christ. Let's go. Without father, without mother, without genealogy, having neither beginning nor end of days of life, but made like the son of God, remain a priest continually. Verse 4. Now consider how great this man was, to whom even the patriarch Abraham gave a tenth of the spoil. Let's go on. And indeed, those who are of the sons of Levi, who receive a priesthood, have a command to receive tithes from the people according to the law. That is from the brethren, through, though they have come from the loins of Abraham. But, but he whose genealogy is not derived from them received tithes from Abraham and blessed him who had the promise. Verse 7. Now beyond all contradiction, the lesser is blessed by the better. Here, mortal men receive tithe, but, but he receives them of whom it, it is witness that he lives. So, the principle is saying, he said, in the Old Testament, tithe was, paying, was paid to mortal men. In the New Testament, not paid to mortal men anymore. It's paid to Jesus. And he said, the Levite, even in the loins of Abraham, paid the tithe. They were not born yet. They were in the belly of Abraham. Abraham was not the father of Levi. Jacob was the father of Levi. Abraham didn't give birth to Jacob. Abraham gave birth to Isaac. Isaac gave birth to Jacob. Jacob gave birth to, to Levi. But they say when Abraham was paying the tithe, it backtracked. It came from, 
It came from Levi, went back into Jacob, went back into Isaac, went back into Abraham, and they all paid tithes together. And they say, God bless them. You know, I was a teacher also that didn't believe that we can pay tithe. It's not because we are stressed. No. Don't, don't, don't think that. We are the church. And the church was doing well also. Then I said to the people, don't be tired. And then one night I was sleeping and I had a, an encounter. And I saw a man that came to me and he said, something are more important to Jesus than to your own knowledge. When I woke up from there, I realized God is saying something here. It's not the tithe, it's the heart. So the debate about this is a, it's a heart debate. It's not a tithing debate. You are quiet. I say you are quiet. So I want to encourage you. And people give tithe without knowing what they are doing. They just give. No. When you hold your tithe, you present it to Jesus. And you say, Lord... I thank you for the windows are being opened over me. Because you say that when we do this, you open the windows of heaven. And you say, but I've done it, it's not working. Continue to do. Because not every cloud brings rain. But if you continue and the cloud cover, continue to gather, say when the, the clouds are full of rain, they empty themselves on the earth. So I want to appeal to you today, wherever you are, that you must stop that debate. And come to a place to know that this is a problem of heart. That if I cannot give this, why do I think I can give a bigger amount? Windows are open. I say windows are open. Let, 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 me, let me go quickly. Oh, my time has come. It's, it's there. But let, I, won't, I won't finish with all the... Let's go to the opening of doors quickly. Maybe let me say one thing. And then I'll carry on when I have time. The opening of doors. Two things that I want to mention. One thing is prayer. Doors are open for prayer. Hallelujah. In the book of Luke chapter number 3 verse 21. If you can put it quickly. Luke 3 21. Luke 3 21. Quickly. Luke 3 21. When all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also was baptized. And while he prayed, the heaven opened. I say, while he prayed, the heaven opened. No, prayer is not just to ask something. Prayer is to have a communication with God. Prayer is to be to a place where you open your heart to God. And also prayer is a place of intercession. Prayer is not just give me, give me, give me. Prayer is a place of intimacy with God. And when you bow your knees and you are praying, something shifts in the atmosphere. Can I submit to you that your prayer can go where you can't go? Yeah, yeah. You can send your prayer in the future. And when you hit that future, everything is organized because your prayer was in the future waiting for you. Don't be lazy when it comes to prayer. I said don't be lazy when it comes to prayer. You know, let me tell you something. That, that in the spirit, this is how it works. In the spirit, blessings are stored in the heaven. And God does not write your name on the blessing. No, that's why I say by faith. So it means your name is not already written. 
But if, when you go, prayer has the ability uh, to organize something for you. When you are praying, the things are shifting. And what you need is coming to you because you are in prayer. Listen, prayer is a place of agony. It's a place of, of, of persistency and consistency. Can I submit to you that the cloud that came when Elijah prayed was not a normal cloud? You can read that in the book of First uh, Kings, chapter number 17. If the Bible says the heaven was shut, Elijah said, Elijah say, for free and alpha, there won't be rain. But when he has to open the heavens, it was prayer that opened the heavens. The Bible says he prayed seven times, seven times. And on the seventh time, a cloud appeared, mysterious clouds. A cloud that was like the palm of the hand of a person. What kind of cloud is that? Ha. A cloud that, can, can, that is like the hands of a man. And when they told Elijah, Elijah said to Ahab, go, saddle your, your horse and go because I hear the sound of abundance of rain. It's not in the size of the clouds. It's in who controls the clouds. No, he knew that that small cloud was the answer for the rain. He said, I see there is a cloud. I see there is a cloud. Well, I don't know what you are facing. But tonight, as you bow your knees, a cloud will form upon you. And you will hear the sound of abundance of rain. I hear and I see. And from that small cloud, the whole area was covered with cloud. I'm talking about the multiplication in the spirit due to faithfulness. That cloud rose from the sea. Ah. He said, I see a cloud rising from the sea. So all this time, the sea was keeping the cloud. It took the power of prayer to break the chain so that the cloud can arise. Can I tell you that sometimes, sometimes something is holding your breakthrough. It's not that God hasn't given it yet, but something in the spirit is standing between. Through the power of prayer, you can break that tonight in the name of Jesus. I say through the power of continuous prayer, you can break that. The clouds need to come to you. Hallelujah. Jesus prayed. If Jesus prayed, why do you think you shouldn't pray? He is the son of God. He was filled with the Holy Ghost from his mother's womb. His word manifested, became flesh. He prayed. Even the day he chose his disciples, he prayed the whole night. Jesus was consistent in prayer. What are we doing with our time? Jesus was such a man of prayer that he was a man of vision. One day, let me finish with that, and tomorrow I'll touch on other stuff. One day, Jesus went and Peter was fishing. Come on. He told the whole night he didn't catch any fish. Jesus came to the same spot. He didn't shift location. He was there. And he said to Peter, Peter, go back. Throw your net to the right side. Peter says, we have toiled the whole night. We didn't catch any fish. But not, but according to your word, I will Peter understood that the word of God can change the nature of everything. That if it's not working, the moment the word comes, it changes the nature of that thing and that thing starts to work. So he said, all night I tried on my own strength. But now you've said it. I will go. Listen, 
I'm sending you back to your workplace. Yes, it was not working before, but not anymore. By the mercies of God, things are going to shift around you like never before. Listen, you've been struggling. You've been struggling with your health. Not anymore. By the mercies of God, I'm sending you back to that same place and things are going to shift in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Hallelujah. I say hallelujah. 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 Whoa. The heavens are opening and the windows of heaven are being opened. It's swinging open right now because the word of God has come with power and strength. I don't know what you are going through, but I'm standing here as Elijah and say, I hear the sound of abundance of rain. I say, I hear the sound of abundance of rain. I hear the sound of abundance of rain. Something is going to shift upon your life. Grace is coming back to you right now. In the name of Jesus. I say, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. You see, Jesus. He took 12 disciples. He trained them for three and a half years. Sent them back. And the Bible says, when they went there, they turned cities upside down. You cannot be in the presence of Jesus and remain the same. Yes. You can't. I say you can't. Take Moses. He had an encounter in the book of Exodus chapter number 3. He saw a burning bush. And the burning bush was a talking bush. And, and, and that talking bush spoke to Moses. And Moses asked the bush, who are you? And the voice came from the bush, my Lord. And the voice said, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. I am the God of your fathers. Moses has a burning bush experience. You know what Moses did? God said to Moses, when you come out of Egypt, bring them here. So what I can do is to take you to the place of my encounters. Yes. He said, bring them here so that they may worship me. When they went there, there was no burning bush, but there was Moses with them. God is bringing you back to the place of encounters. I said, God is bringing you back to the place of encounters. The same mountain where I encounter God, I have taken you round and put you to the mountain this tonight. I said, this is how it works. I said, this is how it works. If you apply the principle that I told you, your life will no longer be the same. I tell you by the Spirit of God. It works. I have seen it. I have seen it. You talk about the God of the impossible, I have seen him. You talk about the God of the last minute, I have seen him. And I'm bringing you back to the mountain of God. Today in the name of Jesus. So that my encounter shall become your encounter. Hallelujah. So that what God has taught me may become yours. So that you won't have to go through the pain, but you can benefit of the, of the harvest. Listen, it's it not everybody that must go through the pain. Some people go through the pain and some people inherit the joy. Jesus went through the pain, we inherit joy. I, hear, I, I hope you hear what I'm saying tonight. I say, I hope you hear what I'm saying. So get yourself filled up, prayed up, and come back tomorrow. You will see what is going to happen. 
Because we are not serving, we are not serving a God that cannot deliver. A God that speaks and delivers. A God that speaks and performs. We are serving such a God. Oh, I feel the fire of God. I don't know what is happening. But, but, but we, are, we are serving a God that is not a man to lie. No, a son of a man to deny his word. When he says it, he does it. You see, I read, I read today the book of Daniel chapter number three. When the friend of Daniel were being persecuted for their faith. And I read it. And I never saw it that way until today. And the Holy Ghost told me. Sometimes when I tell you, it's a wrong translation. It's not because I study from a rabbi. The Holy Ghost tells me that this is not the way it should be. I read, and I preached about it for many years, where the friend of Daniel says, God is able to do rescue us, and he will rescue us. But even if he does not, we will not serve another God. You know why and how I used to interpret it is that even if God does not deliver us from the fire, we will, serve another, we will not serve another God. And the Holy Spirit told me, if I don't deliver from the fire, they are dead. So what is the worship you are talking about? So it can't be correct. Because they say, if it does not deliver us, then we will not. They put it in the future. We will not. But if it does not deliver you, you are dead. But the Holy Ghost took me to the origin. He said, that's not what I said. No. He said, that's not what I said. He said, what they said was this. And I was blessed to hear. He said, what they said was this. Even if God had told us that he will not deliver us, even then, we won't worship in our God. So they are saying, even if God has warned us that this fire will kill us, we will not bow to your king. So it means we are not, we are not fearful people. We are not making decisions because there is pressure. So even if the pressure will kill us, so be it. That was what people were saying. That was what they were saying. Can we be like them? When you say, even if God revealed to me that this thing will kill me, even then, shall I still praise him? Oh, people, I cannot take credit of any knowledge because everything I told you was told to me. It's not something that I went to learn. I went to Bible school, but they didn't teach me this. But whatever I told you, and I've been telling you, it's just the Holy Ghost passing it on so that I can tell you. So the honor and the credit goes to the great I am. Listen, I'm not trying to be humble. I'm trying to be truthful. Yes, yes. Because I was, I was sitting there today and he said, he said, this is what happened. I said, oh, is that so? He said, I'm giving you information. And when he gave me, he said, are you happy I gave you? I said, yes. He said, can you brag about that? I said, no. He said, why? Because I said, you gave it to me. It's not my own doing. It's your doing. Can we all stand up? Give a hand to our Lord. I said, give a hand to our Lord. Are you blessed? Yes! May the Lord God be, be good to you. May the Lord God perform for you what he has in mind in your life. May, you, may your sun never go down. May you arise and that only the sky shall be a limit to you. May the Lord of heaven that revealed himself to Abraham, 
to Isaac and Jacob be good to you. May Jesus Christ himself appear to you and may he show himself real to you. I'm praying that you may be blessed beyond your understanding. I'm praying that things around you may shift from tonight. I'm praying that the time of misery may be open, over, but a window and a door has been opened in heaven for you for encounter, for breakthrough, for manifestation, and revelation, and the power of God being released in your hand tonight in the name of Jesus. Can we give a big hand to our Lord? You may be seated. Let's, let's do our offering, and then we're going home.